0: Step inside my living room Share a little talk by roads walked and lessons learned Keeping the flame of faith burning I want to know where you've been and what you found out Spread some light in the darkness Spread it all about In the height In the height
1: back to Hat Radio. My name is Avram Rosenzweig. I'm your host today. I'm actually always your host. <laughs> <laughs> and this is episode 38. Uh, I'm really excited about it because I have as my guests Sean Kendall and Shauna Ackerman, who are indeed a couple and will tell you what they are famous for. But firstly, hello. Hello.
2: Hi. How are Davis. you guys? <laughs> yeah. Never been famous. I like
1: it. Now the reason why I say you're famous is because you guys together launched a camp. It's called the Karma Country Camp, and it is a camp for children or people who have autism. Do we say suffering with autism or who have autism?
3: Well, it's it's teens and young adults because yep. it's twelve plus, and um, we refer to kids on the spectrum with ASD, which is autism spectrum disorder. Um, or who have autism, I guess is, unless, how do you refer to it?
2: Yeah, no, it definitely, the identification comes after the person.
1: Yeah, because, you know, I worked for many years with individuals who live on the street and it's become in vogue or accepted or politically correct, not to say homeless people, but more so people who suffer from homelessness um, or people who live on or near the street. So we're, I think, we're trying to get away from those labels, which sort of pinpoint someone as, well, you are autistic, and that's the end of it.
2: Yeah, you're not. Yeah, the word "are" we're trying to get away from, and even "suffer" means that that they're in pain. Maybe that was their choice. We don't know. And with disabilities, you don't get to
1: choose. Well, that's very interesting. So, would would you say then that somebody who who is autistic, who has autism, it potentially is not
2: suffering? Well, it depends. It depends on their own emotional. Definitely they have challenges in the world because of their disability. Mm-hmm. But do they suffer? Everybody suffers. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure that you want to label them with suffering. What if they have all the therapy and they have all the tools? They have a good education. Their parents meet their needs and they're successful. Right? I know lots of people without autism that suffer.
1: Good answer. Now, the inevitable question is, everybody's going to want to know, you guys have been together for how long, as a couple?
2: Uh,
3: two and a half years. Almost three years. I okay. Three years in February.
1: Now, you're Sean Kendall. You're an old friend of mine. Your father's Dr. Saul Kendall. We interviewed him on Hat Radio. He's my dentist. Yes. Right. My tooth has bothered me lately, by the way. <laughs> should call him. Yeah, I will. <laughs> um, and you're Shauna Ackerman. We've met once before. Uh, which you don't remember.
2: I'm sorry. I <laughs> really a, try no. and remember people I like.
1: Thank you. I'm not very memorable that way, you know. But that's life, isn't it? And I love the fact that you're Sean and Shauna. So how does that play out <laughs> at a party or wherever?
3: Yes, it's uh, it's kind of funny. At first it was annoying. Now we just laugh about it. She's always laughed about it, though.
1: Is there, a, is there a funny thing that's
3: spun out of it?
2: Well. Oh, yeah. The Sean's. Yes. Our uh-huh.
3: friends just say the Sean's because then it's easier. The Sean's. Is that yes, what they call right? you? Because
2: imagine them saying, oh, who called Sean or Shauna? Did you call Sean? Did you call Shauna? Sean? Sean? Sean and Shauna coming? <laughs> yeah, we don't call each other by our names. So our friends have to uh, have the pain of that. And
3: yeah. of course, it's spelled the same. So.
1: Right. Right. It just you have an uh at the end. I Shauna do. Ackerman. Yeah. It's but, a good name, by the way, Shauna. Thank you. I yeah. like it. Great strong.
2: name. The,
3: the funny thing is that when we are at a bar and we introduce ourselves, there's always that moment where it doesn't uh-huh. register right away. And then they're like, Sean and Shauna. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we get it.
1: <laughs> now, you guys on the face of it, and I'm fain to do this because one can be wrong, you know, so regularly. H- have you ever looked at a couple and you walk away and you go, my God, they are so much in love. And then you get a phone call like three months later, by the way, they're divorced, Mm -hmm. you know. So I'm fain to say this, but you guys look very close.
2: We are. We've been working really hard at it.
1: But you work on your relationship. Every day. Yeah.
2: Every day. We both came from 20-year marriages. We both had three-year relationships in between us meeting each other. And we took all the things that worked for us and didn't, and we work on it daily.
3: Yes, we really do. And we, and as I was saying before, we really come from opposite sides of, of growing up, very different. And uh, the secret to success is just we talk about everything and we never go to sleep upset.
1: So, so I know you for many, many years. And I remember you, I guess it's probably 1990, 91 when I met your dad. So we're talking almost 30 years ago. How old are you now? 51. Look at you, Sean Kendall's 51 years old. <laughs> you've grown up you've grown (laughs) up eh? but i've known you you know since you were 20 years old yes and firstly you come from a beautiful family i truly love your family thank you they're very warm and loving people right
3: Uh, family first is was my mom's motto right and and i look at the pictures in your
1: father's office or in your home your parents home and there's such a warmth there there's such a, a unity you know um, and you don't see that sort of thing too often. So I guess you're very blessed to come from such a household. Very blessed. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Look, we've had our tragedies. Ha- we've had our sorrows, But we have always stuck together. And, uh, you know, I spoke to my sister-in-law, my brother, and my sister this morning. You know, it's a regular thing. We're right. in constant communication. We have a WhatsApp family group, which yeah, is Yeah, great. we have that too. You know, and, and it's, it's really nice. And yeah, I am blessed.
1: You are really blessed. Uh, we should say you've lost two brothers, right? Yes. We talked about that on the show with your father. Now, when I think about that as someone who's objective from your family, of your family, it, honestly, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that you've lost two brothers. Where, where are you at with that emotionally?
3: Well, you know, it's they were very um, spread apart in time, right? I was 14 when Darren died, and I was a week before going into high school, and I know now it had a huge impact on who I was or, you know, who I was at the time. And, you know, with Neil, it was only five years ago. And we were close as adults, something I didn't have with Darren. So they're different. Um, They're both sad. Um, But I don't live in in the sadness. I think about, you know, I'll never forget the rabbi, uh, Jordan Pearlson. At Darren's funeral. And yes. I, I think about it all the time. He, he said, you know, would you rather not have the pain? You know, if, if he was never born, you wouldn't have the pain. Or have the 18 years you had, almost 19, and have the pain. And, you know, it's it's an interesting question. They, you know, most people say, of course, you want the pain. But, you know, maybe not. But yeah. it, you do. And and I just think about the 18 years or 19 years. And with Neil, I think about the 54 years. Um, yeah, he's he would have been 60 uh, this year.
1: So, so to use a metaphor, is he in your heart all the time?
3: Absolutely. In fact, I think they play a role in me meeting Shauna and, and a lot of good things are happening in my life.
1: How would they have done that?
3: Well, I, I'm starting to become a lot more open about um, the energy that's out there and the fact that I think their souls are still out there and their energy is still working in the universe.
0: So.
1: Yeah, no, I, I tend yeah. to think that too with my mother and my father. I was telling my son the other day, well, I used to have a mother, and then I corrected myself and I said, wait, 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 I still have a mother, she's just not on planet Earth. So, Shauna, you seem to have had a major effect on our dear friend Sean Kendall. What, what, have you seen him go through changes?
2: Um, beyond <laughs> crazy, actually, crazy changes. Um, I met him. And uh, I met him in February 2017, just after my brother took his life.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
2: I also have lost a brother. And at that point, I had broken up with my relationship and um, was with my daughter in Florida with my parents because it was just a really, he was 27 and he had a very hard life and he was not a happy boy, but... Lucky for us, we really, as a family, came together and decided that we're going to all honor our lives instead of mourning his loss. And we all got together and made a pact of what we're going to do to better our own lives. Yes. And we sat around our island and we all made that choice. And
1: well, what was, did you say you would do?
2: I wanted to go back to school to be a psychotherapist. I'd been really, I was really hating teaching. I don't enjoy being in the school system with all the rules and policies and no money. To help our kids it hurts my heart needed a new career i needed something different i love talking to people so i decided i was going back to school and solving their problems and solving <laughs> helping them solve their problems I strangers can't strangers do-
3: on the street <laughs>
1: oh that's like me i do that too yeah,
2: yeah.
3: oh you two are very like. and i told shauna that
1: <laughs> really
2: our, oh, yeah. our first trip down to, our first trip away on the on the airplane we're yeah. walking through the airport and of course like I don't ask to talk to people. It's not like I go out with the intention. How many people can I talk to? Just I'm next to someone. They say something. I say something. Something happens. I comment. They comment.
1: (laughs) We get to the end. Sean
2: goes, if this is how we're going to travel, I don't think I can travel. Do you have to talk to everybody (laughs) in the airport? I'm like, okay, I'll try not to. I'm
3: not always the best morning person, so those early travel fights, but I'm getting better. I'm used to it now. A couple what? cups
1: of java won't hurt. But it's true. There are those people who sit on an airplane or sit in an airport and they want to be completely incognito. That's Sean Kendall, right?
3: Well, I traveled for years for business yeah. and that was my M.O. Yeah. I've got my paper, my laptop, leave me alone, give me my coffee. And I realize now the all the things I lost, all the interactions. Oh, is yeah. that how you look at it? I do. I do. I've really flipped on that.
1: Give, show me your body language sitting on the plane next to somebody who really wants to talk to you. Let me see how your body goes. <laughs> yeah, <really? laughs> shoulders get squished. Your left sure shoulder is like, hey. Is that- don't- <laughs> he, he still does that to me
2: sometimes. Like, it's an innate thing. He's used to it. That is, I walk, I walk, to, I walk in the world always open. Talk to me, come, be with me, smile. He was walking with his shoulders down. Don't pay attention. Don't look at me. So it was really interesting to watch him different now and right, how he moves. Right. He went on a trip, one of his one of his first trips after we've been together by himself, comes back, he, he calls, he's like, I talked to like seven people, I pulled you. <laughs> I'm like, so how was it? He's like, I met this amazing woman and I had this conversation. He goes, it was really nice. I'm like, See, it's not so bad to be nice and happy. Well, I remember sitting around the table the first dinner with his family, with his parents. One of one of the first dinners,
1: Saul and Yetta. Saul
2: and Yetta sitting around the table, and I don't know something about being happy all the time. And Yetta's like, "You can't be happy all the time." Yeah. And Sean's like sitting there, going, "Yeah, you can't be happy all the time." I go, "Well, but I am. I don't mean." Yeah, to I challenge
1: you on that too.
2: I, I said how many Rwanda?
1: We... You were happy.
2: Well, I I have the Holocaust movie. I happy? have sad moments. Okay. But Fine. I go down for a moment, I feel the pain, and I recognize where it hurts. I can't do anything about it other than be good to all the people, so it doesn't happen again.
1: Is this legitimate, what she's saying, Sean?
3: It is. It is, actually, because <laughs> I challenge her on it, and because it's not how I was raised. I I'm, I guess I was more cynical, more guarded, Yeah. probably because of what I went through. And yeah, I would challenge her, but it's true. It's... It's a way of being, a state of mind. Yes. So yes, we could watch a movie, she could cry and be really sad, but that doesn't change her happy state of mind. It really doesn't. So
1: you don't get down and depressed. So
2: we figured yesterday we were talking that we had been together about a thousand days.
1: Oh, muzzle off. Like, right.
2: So we're like, <laughs> That's okay. That's beautiful. So in a thousand days, how many days have I really been like bad, off, where miserable? We kind of came up with like seven Like really seven. Seven days. Seven days probably in a thousand that I was bad. Maybe another 10 that I was neutral, that I was just not in the best mood, but still did my day great.
1: And you've always been like that?
2: Always. Everybody will tell you. Yeah, it's annoying. People find it annoying. Yeah, it
3: can be challenging.
1: They (laughs) find it annoying. (laughs) Well, let me think about that for a second. I guess so, if they don't trust your happiness. But the thing too is that, so many people are not that way so many people are angry and sad and depressed and sardonic um God I hope I use that right and uh, and therefore yeah they would be envious
2: I, I I don't even think it's envious I think it's uncomfortable so many people so I always talk about vibrations I vibrate really high I move fast I do a lot I don't need a lot of sleep I think quick I'm just quick there's a lot of people that are much slower like turtle like 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 I'm not me. even well, Are you I'm slow? slow? Oh, just yeah. neutral. I need
3: to hear it, think about it, analyze it. Yeah. So it's. So good.
1: does she tell you to speed up and you tell her slow down?
3: I, well, we kind of meet each other midway. In the middle. She's very patient. <laughs> yeah. She really is. Like I'll say, well, let me think about it. Let's talk about it. And she's already got it figured out and decided what we're going to do. She'll just wait for me to get there. And I usually just get to where she is. You know, it just might take a while. Is
1: he, is he the man of your dreams?
3: Oh,
2: God, yeah. Yeah, beyond. How how so? Why?
1: Why? Why? Why?
2: I feel loved every day. I have all these huge dreams in my head, and there's no one that's ever been strong enough, supportive enough, and smart enough to make all my dreams come true. Like, really, our camp was a dream, I always wanted to run a school, then I realized that that was way too much work, and I don't want to work that hard anymore. I realized it doesn't make sense. How
1: old are you, Shauna? Uh,
2: well, 47. Okay. Um, I really didn't want to work hard. So my sister ran this camp and loved, and I just watched what she did, and I was so envious and proud of her.
1: What kind of camp was it? Uh,
2: she has a, just a typical camp in Milton. She runs this amazing program. It's called Camp Kids Town. and it's all these different programs. She created this incredible space for kids to have a great time. I wanted to do that. So she kind of put it in our head together one summer. And then we started talking and thinking and we're like, maybe we could do this. And every conversation was like, I have this idea. He's like, oh, why don't we try it this way? And so we've been working together, which is incredible. All my dreams, reality. Then there's the piece where we are so good at holding space for one another. So... I'm an early riser. He doesn't like to wake up as early. We found compromises. How to make it happen for both of us. What did
3: you do? What's a compromise? Um, well, your biggest thing was?
2: Be nice.
3: Wake up and be nice or be neutral. But, you know.
2: A or lot of t- don't wake up at all. Leave me alone! Don't talk to me! Right. Don't bring a bad mood into my world.
3: Why were you in such a bad mood in the morning? <laughs> I was definitely one of those people who wakes up. Don't talk to me! I need my coffee. Then I need time to kind of absorb. I' bit of a late night owl. It's a family do you, thing. Do and, you
2: have to blow your nose every morning? Right, like she get friend.
3: up at seven and and wake me up. I'd be like, uh, you know. But now, I there's no negative, and it yeah, it's really change things it's a it's it, when you wake up differently it sets the tone
1: so so is it correct to say that you've gone being with shauna that you've gone through a metamorphosis in other words a dramatic change and and have and is that correct for you too shauna have you both gone through huge changes well me, me for
3: sure you know and i think it's also becoming 50 and um, you know all the things i've gone through and you take stock of your life but yeah shauna was the catalyst because i wasn't a talker growing up you know wasn't a big believer in therapy and that kind of thing and emotional attachment like i was very stoic you know you work hard you get up in the morning if you have a challenge you deal with it you keep going and you know and you kind of forge ahead. you don't stop and reflect and talk your, and your and dad
1: your dad in the into excuse me for uh interrupting when i was doing the interview with your dad saul And I would ask him questions like, Saul, how did you deal with the death of your son, your second son? He said, well, Avram, you just just go on. Yeah. And honestly, I was uh, thinking that we would uh, get a little bit more, that he would go a little bit deeper. But then at some point I realized that's the generation he comes from. And it's all good. Yeah. That's that's how he deals with it. And that's how your mom deals with it, right?
3: Absolutely. And look, they brought us through. Yeah, they did. As a family you know um oh, but yeah. as you get older you reflect you look for growth i had a, a marriage that didn't last i have three beautiful kids but you know you look at okay it's a bit of a reset that's what i ta- you know getting divorced and is an opportunity to reset your life you're young enough to still do all the things you want to do but you're wise enough to know better do, so.
1: do you feel like a different person completely
3: you do yes How, what is that explain that to me um I feel like I'm walking through the world with a different lens on life. It's a, it's looking through a positive lens versus a more cynical, guarded lens. And, was and he, that changes everything. Was
1: he a good student, uh, Shauna?
2: Incredible okay. student. <laughs> like he so, would,
1: he would, he was like a, a sponge. I imagine. No.
2: So it's really interesting because for me, having access to his brain and how he thinks is the most incredible thing for me because I think so fast. Sometimes I have to stop and remember that most people don't process information, emotions, and people the way I do. I'm not sure why I do. It's just always been my skill. Right. So when I see things, so last night we're sitting at the end of the night and we're talking and there's a box on the ottoman that has all words on it, like love, life, gratitude, appreciation. Sean looks at me and goes oh my God, that box has words. Look mm-hmm. at all those words. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I, I, I've i never read it before. The box has been there for two years. So I realized in that moment that it's not that he didn't see it. He wasn't looking, right? When he right. sits down at the ottoman, the TV goes on. He's looking at the TV. Football. Or at me. Yeah, yeah football. But,
3: but we joke about it. Like, I know that drives her crazy. It's all these words that she lives by every single day and probably doing. And for me, it, like, again, we were able to laugh about it, but at the same time kind of talk about yeah. how I didn't necessarily look at it or, and how she does and just our differences. We really... Um,
2: food. I don't like food. I really like... I don't... I just eat because I need to. I like going out for a nice meal socially. Are you a cook? Not at all. I hate the kitchen.
1: <laughs> do you really? Uh, yeah.
2: I would not make anything. I hate feeding people. I hate everything to do with food. Just don't. Is eat.
1: there a particular cuisine that you enjoy?
2: Anything that I don't have to make. Okay. Right? No. Yeah, I love bread. I can eat bread and cheese every single day. Right. I don't, but I could. Right. Sean loves food. Every morning, wake Well, your up. mom's a caterer. Yeah.
3: I grew up with you. You have three meals a day. You sit at a table. You eat properly. And yeah, that was huge for us. And so, again, we First laugh break. about it because we can't really be in the kitchen together. Um, but we make it work. And now I cook. She cleans.
1: Are you a good cook?
3: Um, well, we, again, the compromise is we order the food box and <laughs> I love it cause it's all ready. Yeah. So I don't have to think and it's proportioned and it's healthy and, um,
2: you're a great cook. You love to cook. Yes,
3: I really do. I just wouldn't, you know, come up with the recipe and then go to the grocery store and buy all that. That would be too much for me to, you know, do on a regular basis. This way the box comes, we have three meals every week. I cook them all. And
1: uh, And he
2: demands I sit down at the table and eat with him. And how is that for you? Um, So I love it because we really have dinner together often. And we really sit and talk with no phones, which is nice for anybody. Um, No one's ever – I've never sat in a meal, right? Like I didn't have that in my family. My kids were in programs. My ex-husband traveled. So it's interesting. I like trying new foods. right? But I like once he said, oh, it's your job to clean up. And I explained that you're choosing to cook, you're choosing to make the mess, you're choosing to eat it, I would have a bagel. So it's not, <laughs> I, you're lucky I clean up for you because I'm grateful that you're making the meal, but don't ever expect it. So yeah, how like-
1: were how you with that? Were you okay with that?
3: Yeah, look, it's been almost three years of her toughness and her straight talk. You and when you're, I, and you're when when with I it. said you guys are similar, it's that. Okay. She will say what's on her mind with love, But sometimes it comes out a little brash and a little hard to hear. Acerbic. Yeah. And I've learned to take it with the love and no
2: judgment that it comes with.
3: But it it takes
2: time
1: to get used to it. It's cool because you have the ability to change and adjust. And not everybody has that, right?
2: Oh, it's incredible. And that's why we work so well. We are really good together because we constantly look at each other and go, okay, this went well, this didn't. Why didn't it? What should we do different? What was your role? What was my role? How can we divide the roles better? We're just always talking about that. There's no, at the beginning, Sean made a lot of assumptions. He would do things and say, I thought you. Well, all you had to do was ask. You know, the other day he was at his brother David's watching football. And he realized it was like 11.15 and he wanted to rush home to me. But he called and said, I'm coming home for you. And, and I didn't answer and he still left. And then when he got home, I said, you could have stayed. Well, I thought you. I said, well, you just could have called and asked. I would have said stay. I would have happily had the extra half an hour alone. Don't assume. If you want to come home for me, yay. I'm happy to make time, but don't assume it's me.
1: Well, that's pretty cool. This whole thing is pretty cool.
3: Yeah,
2: it's, um, yeah.
3: Assumptions really are a big mistake that I think a lot of people make and, and, and I think a lot of people, including me, you know, live in a world where we are kind of judging people yeah. based on our own assumptions without having all the information. And that's where I look at walking into a situation now and experiencing it so much differently than I would have walked into the exact same situation three years ago with a different perspective. And the latter is, uh, yeah, it's a lot better it's, well, a lot, it's a lot more happy
2: and so much good is it, so much it, good is happening well, for us well, it, every right? day
3: like, yeah. i can see that that's lovely right? it's goodness that's really what it is goodness well, is
2: we we uh, before we were coming i said just think about what let's just look back on from friday till today what is it tuesday mm-hmm. today's tuesday yeah tuesday so friday oh what was it that happened on friday
3: well, we had our we, we, I run a social program for autistic teens in, in addition to camp and I um, actually joined forces with with my partner Amy Kirsch who's been doing it for five six years with a group in Toronto. she's incredible so we want to expand it into York region because our camp is in York region so this weekend was our first uh, Saturday Sunday program where we on Saturday we took eight kids canoeing around Lake Ontario. Oh, wow. That's excellent. On Sunday, we took five kids to Air Riders, which is like a trampoline, crazy, you know, one of those activity centers. Did everything go okay? And it was great. It went great. It was our first weekend. But yeah. we oh, also... a whole bunch of things. Well, we're all, I, I'm drawing... fair. We're doing... So many things have come together. The last yeah,
2: day. I'm drawing a blank. But it was like seven great things that happened yes. from Friday till today. Good weekend. Oh, we got a great... We got a space donated. The Richmond Hill Performing Arts is... Gonna host our job fair. Congratulations! So, this amazing dad. Um, thank you, Ellie. Um, thank you, Ellie. Ellie, yeah. Ellie was. Uh, oh, like- and
3: he also is giving us space. We're doing a holiday party. So in December first, all the campers and their family. Um, we're doing this holiday party again. R- Richmond Hill Performing Arts, which is a beautiful space, is being donated, and it just promotes the socialism, the, the socialism, the socialization that we're trying to push with our kids that they really need. So they can come and hang out. We're going to have entertainment. The parents can also socialize, which yeah, right. is in this community really important. And, and again, like, but he just gave us a building. Like, that's usually the biggest challenge. Cause well, I'll
1: tell you one thing about running a nonprofit, and I did so for about 22 years. It's really beautiful because what happens is you're exposed to the beauty of people. Uh, Very often you'll speak to someone who's in business and they go, oh, man, this was a real shit week. Why was it such a bad week? Wow, this guy tried to scam me and this guy defrauded me and this guy was just awful in negotiations. And I said, it's interesting because I don't have that. Like people walk through the front door of the Hafta, which is the organization that I I ran, and um, they were there to do good. You know, and even if that wasn't their strongest filter, goodness, that's what came out. So you guys are really, really lucky that that's what you are exposed to.
2: My whole life, I've always put out and given because I like it. It just makes me feel good. And I make friends with people everywhere I go. And people remember me. I have conversations. I usually talk to people. I'm able to go out to all those people that I've had access to in my life. A thousand people that want to help and do things to help us. There's a lot. Like, it's so wonderful to know that that is out there and that we finally have the access to do it. We have this amazing passion together. It was Our first camp was successful. 42 families. We had 12 staff. And it was every day, seven weeks of fun. I've never worked so hard, and I loved every minute. And it was wonderful, but we also lost us along the way. Because we were right. working so hard together right. and giving so much energy. It was really a struggle at night for us. And we lived at Yeda and Saul's, So we didn't have our own space either. So that was a struggle. And that made us really realize how lucky we are to be together. When we came home to our space, we kind of sat down and went, oh, wow. Like, we miss this alone time. We're good like this.
1: Yeah, no, my buddy Lou, who was the very first interview on Hat Radio, you can see that the context for my entire life is Hat Radio and who I interviewed and when, right? But he also <laughs> said that his first marriage, like he was in business with his wife. And uh, yeah, they lost the intimacy or the love part of it. So you have to be very cognizant of that, right?
3: Well, yeah, it's, it was fascinating for me. And again, we, our relationship is like a human experiment. She's a therapist. We talk <laughs> about everything. I'm our guinea pig, and I love to learn. And, and the learning on that was, yeah, I checked my emotions at the door at 9 a.m. when camp started. I didn't even put my arm around her because I'm Mr. Professional and I was running the business and she was dealing with staff and the kids. And then, you know, we had this really weird experience where we met a, uh, one of the moms and her husband this week to talk about our board we're setting up. And she didn't even know we were a couple. And it's really kind of sad, but... I I realize it's a a balance. It's a tough balance. And I'm happy camp was only seven weeks and that we're working together now but not on a daily basis because I don't think it would be good if we were 365 days working together. It probably would destroy the
1: Well, that's wise of you guys. Very wise.
2: Yeah, we do a lot of projects together. We divide and conquer. We come back together. We do a lot of brainstorming. You take, I take, we we regroup, we have a calendar, we put everything in our calendar, and we've also learned when to close off business. You know, at 10 o'clock sometimes, we could still be sitting there talking, right. and we're like, right. you know what? It's some loving time. Like, we don't need to work all the time.
1: So, I like, I like we that. We found a good balance. Loving eh? time.
2: <laughs> you
1: are listening to Hat Radio. This is episode 38. My name is Avram Rosenzweig, my guest. Today are Sean Kendall and Shauna Ackerman, and they are a couple, and they also launched a camp together called the Karma Country Camp. Now, you guys did that because, Sean, you have a daughter who's now 21 years old. Her name is Rachel, and she's on the severe end of the ASD spectrum, correct?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, Rachel's 21, yeah. and um, yeah, she's nonverbal and, and does require, you know, full time supervision. She's an incredible. Uh, young woman, and um, but she really has a lot of challenges.
1: What makes her incredible?
3: You know, <laughs> she's never uttered a word to me, and yet we have communicated for 21 years on another level. I feel her emotions, her love, her frustration. So, yeah, and we're and and now um, our relationship has evolved as well. She was um, really hard to have at home for both myself and my ex-wife. She'd wake up every night, two in the morning and be up all night and then fall asleep at five in the morning. And then you had to get her up at seven to go to school or eight. And it was just really, really hard for brutal. The, the parent. Yeah. Um, Luckily, uh, we really um, we got lucky and blessed again. You know, Rena. She's been with Rena, which has been an incredible organization. Explain what that is, Rena. So Rena is an organization that is based on Jewish values. It was started by a religious group of families, I think, or, or family, but it's open to everyone. and And the community, uh, you know, white, black, Chinese, Jewish, non-Jewish doesn't matter. Um, they are open to everyone, and they have a building uh, that's a recreational center where they run a camp. They run weekend programs, day programs since seven. The first time she, as early as she could get in, in, enrolled, she did. So she's been doing Sunday programs. They do weekend respite. They actually have about 40 homes, I think, where kids go on the weekend, which for, about, for JS and I was life-saving. We could get a weekend once a month, right? Right. Um, but as these kids get older, it becomes more challenging. And Rachel, unfortunately, will always need care so we were blessed that rena had a home that was being renovated and it was a girl's home and with autism it's a four to one ratio of boys to girls so there's a lot less girls and obviously the home is is a is a uh, i guess a just female and so we were blessed and, a, and an opening came up and she lives there now and it's Bathurst and steel so it's right in between where janice and i live so we get to see her as often as we want and she has um, incredible help. She lives there full time. So it's given us a lot of balance. And did you ever Did you ever
1: wish so badly that you just wanted her to say a word to you? Oh,
3: yeah.
2: All it's, the it's, time. It's
3: heartbreaking. It's I, unbelievable.
2: I, I, When I meet her, when I met her and when I see her, I always look at her and I'm like, I just want to know what you want to tell me because she makes noises and I know they have meaning and I know that but I don't spend enough time with her and I don't know her well enough right. to know that. Right. And I don't think there really is a pattern to it either because we've been really trying to figure it out. And she has access to an iPad for augmentative communication so she can talk, but she has no interest in it. Like she's not getting that, that connection to initiate. She'll use it maybe for her wants and needs. But she has so much inside her. You see... The first time, I remember one of the times I took her for a walk, I was wearing a skirt, and I was spinning. And the next couple of times she saw me, she kept doing this with her oh, hand. Oh yeah. And she just knew that whenever she sees me, she knows I'm fun and happy. So she always, you know, she takes a few minutes for transition to settle down, and then she's such a pleasure.
1: Now, you, you have two children uh, who are deaf,
2: i have two children who are deaf and hard of hearing yeah and sorry i'm a teacher of the deaf and hard of hearing my kids are just deaf they're deaf they're <laughs> severely deaf uh profoundly profoundly yeah. deaf Sorry. so that means on an audiogram they don't hear an airplane or a jackhammer okay. right so the okay. audiogram is how we measure sound
1: so so i thank god as we say in hebrew Baruch Hashem, Hashem. thank god my son is healthy on the spectrum of health thank god he is and I don't think to myself, oh, if he only had this, I'm not the parent, you know, who potentially looks at other parents and say, God, you have no idea how lucky you are that when you're yelling at your kids, that they can hear you. So is there a time when you look at your children or you respond to your children as though they're lacking something? And then eventually you realize, no, that's not it at all. How, how do you perceive your children having these challenges?
2: Well, so I never really thought of them as lacking anything. You didn't? I didn't. I was mad that they didn't have hearing, but then they got cochlear implants. We did all the right therapy. They just had abnormal cochlears.
1: Angry with God?
2: No. This is my journey. There's a reason. Because they were deaf, I became an advocate for Voice for Hearing Impaired Children. I I worked with sick kids as a parent mentor. I became a teacher of the deaf and hard of hearing. I've helped hundreds of other parents I became an expert. It set me on a whole different path. Good for you. So and my kids are extraordinary. Um, they they continue to amaze me on the resilience and the strength that they that they have now from all the s- suffering. Yes, they did suffer. It was definitely hard. It was not an easy journey, but, My daughter was a gymnast. She was a dancer. She was a cheerleader. She has her driving uh, license. She has a job. She goes to school. She has a great life. I think she probably would have had a lot of the same issues if she was not deaf because of her personality. Shauna,
1: how did she dance? To what? What To music.
2: She listens to music.
1: Does she hear the music?
2: She hears the music. We would actually get the songs, and we would put in accommodations. The uh, dance instructor would give us the song. We'd go home and listen to it. So for... A typical hearing child, you have to hear a word a hundred times. For a deaf child, you have to hear it 300 times. So imagine I would just be talking all the time about the same thing. Um,
0: But they listen.
2: I was really good at it. But they, yeah, we would practice the music and she would practice the dance at home in front of the mirror. She uses an app on her phone to look at lyrics for all the songs. So she can read the lyrics and then she can recognize the words in the song.
1: Sean, Sh- you were you were going to uh, say something to my, answer my question.
2: Well, yeah, it, you know, I think I have a different perspective with Rachel.
3: I don't, of course, she's lacking, and in fact, I've I've just felt terrible for her, the struggle she's had. Like she's got global delays. She's, after many years of investigating, we discovered, and with the help of my my cousin, who's a geneticist, that she had a folded chromosome, and then you know that manifests itself into all sorts of things. She's got physical challenges and you know, intellectual challenges. So I, I feel bad for her. But at the same time, I try to look at it like we, we can only do what we could do. I just want to make her happy. I want to give her the best life. And that's why, I like, being in arena home seven days a week, having her own bedroom and her own place and yeah, her own right. routine, that's probably the most important thing and best thing I could give her for happiness and stress relief. Um, and
2: loneliness. She has friends.
3: Yeah, she has roommates. Like, she's 21. She should live on her own. You and know? she relates to her friends? You know, autistic kids are funny. They coexist. Socialization directly is a challenge. And we, you know, we push these kids all summer. You know, play together, talk to each other, engage with each other. Again, a lot of times what you get is they're sitting at the same table, playing the same game, not necessarily talking to each other, but that is socialization. That is friendship in that world
1: would that be like toddlers i remember parallel
2: when... play like jksK age okay five, like four that five, like that right like they each have a truck they're sitting in the sandbox they're both banging their truck but they haven't figured out that they can move their truck together
1: were you ever bitter sean that you were yeah. given oh yeah such a st- uh, challenge
2: yeah but uh you know
3: i I remember studying at asia torah when when rachel was a baby probably looking for some answers which is a religious uh jewish school for education yeah and ironically right next door to rena and i used to go to classes and and i found the rabbis were really interesting yeah Um, they philosophized and talked about the meaning of life and why things happen yeah and i remember asking rabbi michalowitz like why was my daughter why why does god allow these kids with such problems and issues and he said you know he gave such an interesting answer that i you know 20 years later i guess 18 is that we're all born like typical you and me with souls that need fixing mm-hmm. and we're here on this earth to fix our souls mm-hmm. and to you know and work all our whole life to be better people so that when we go to heaven it's and it's permanent you're in a higher place rachel kids like rachel are born with a pure soul mm-hmm. and she acts as catalyst and and i was like, I can name fifty incredible people that I experienced Rachel growing up, but the therapists and the helpers and the nannies and and the you know the great the goodness that she catalyzed right. or brought out of these people. So mm, I like that, the way you said that. That yeah. really that helped me. If it's rationalization, let it be. But that's how I you know helped my perspective. What's your it. What's
1: your take on that, Shana?
2: Um, Exactly what he said. It's really is true. Does, is Rachel happy in her body and her life? Probably not. But she's here for a reason. If we don't validate that reason and look at it as the pure soul to help us, then her life could be wasted. Right. right. Right? So it's learning all of that and knowing all of that. I'm a big believer in medium and spirits and energy. So I've gone to mediums. I've spoken to my brother and other people who have passed. And I just know that there is another there's lots of different lives i believe in past life regression so i know to, for me i know that there are lots of other lives out there and this is just one where we get to learn things to move on to the next are rachel's you, part of that journey
1: are, are you very jewish at all um shana tova to our listeners happy new year oh, shana tova.
2: Shana tova. um i grew up my mother grew up in an orthodox family oh did she really She did um she she ended up hating it because my grandfather was old-fashioned and my mom was the girl yeah she got no respect no anything (laughs) and he was pretty mean as a man like Mm -hmm. and if you did anything wrong in his house with kashrut with the meat and the milk forget it so it was like scary yeah yeah it was scary so my mom tried to keep it but she married my dad who was half italian it yeah. comes from a converted mother. Yeah, that will do. Right. It. So it really didn't it didn't work so well, you know. Josephine. You don't, you don't come
1: you don't come across as being very Jewish.
2: Um I, I'm not really I love being Jewish and what Jewish community. I love playing Jewish geography. It's my favorite uh, game. Yeah. And I love Jewish community. Right. I really don't identify with synagogue. I really wish it so was So like free. are you going to synagogue? Not at all. Are, I won't are, pay. You going, are you going?
3: Um I've been going the last few years with my brother's family, but that's because they have a ticket. I just want to, you know, but it's not so much rituals. It's more the tradition. Um, but we're also very um, Zionistic, and we'd love to live in Israel again. I've lived there. Sean has been there. So, um, yeah, I, again, I, I was raised reformed, but I really, I love the value, and I think our tradition and the Torah is full. Of brilliance that most people don't realize. One of
1: the things that we didn't mention in the interview with your father was that at some point he and I were working together. He was a volunteer of mine at the United Jewish Appeal as a fundraiser. And, And I loved him from day one, probably for the same reason you love Sean. Right. They're just that. Again, I go back to the word warmth. They're open. They're there. Right. And they're embracing. And there's a certain... Even though your dad is so intellectually there, he's not that complicated. So, you know, so you can embrace that beauty within him that is accessible. And anyways, at some point he told me that he never had a bar mitzvah, which which is a rite of passage for Jewish boys at 13. So I said, well, shit, man, we got to make you a bar mitzvah. Do you remember your dad's bar mitzvah?
3: Oh, yeah. You it, remember it, right? Well, yeah. And he did it with my oldest nephew. That's Jason, right. And That's right. It was right. probably the proudest moment of his life. He oh, felt really? So, oh. He still talks about it in glows. He does? Oh, it, yeah. we were just talking about it not uh, a few weeks yeah. ago. You're but kidding. But did story. And, yeah, he oh, told me the
2: whole he story, did? all like, the details, oh. everything. Yeah, it was a really impactful event for him. Yeah. Yeah, to put that in motion from him was wonderful. To that extent. Yeah.
1: You know what I love, Sean. You're going to get a kick out of this. Your mom is a caterer, was a caterer. She's a brilliant cook. So I'm invited Obviously, for the uh, celebration, for the simcha, and I walk in there, and what's the appetizer? Shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Which, for our listeners who are not Jewish and they don't know the laws of kosher, shrimp is not kosher. Oh, I'll never. <laughs> and I always
3: I bugged your father about that for years. Are you having shrimp for Shabbos? I'll never forget in high school inviting my friend Les Bernstein over for Friday dinner. The candles, the white tablecloth, the challah. Pork chops, <laughs> and he couldn't believe it, and yeah. I didn't really even think about it. You never thought hypocrisy, about it. hypocrisy,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, listen, we're all hypocrites, aren't <laughs> we way? Yeah. We are we? Yeah, yeah. The bar mitzvah was lovely, you know. Amazing. Um, I pulled out some poetry uh, about autism, written by a grandmother for her grandson, just to try, try to clarify to people exactly who he is on a certain level, what he experiences. Sean, I'm going to pass this to you. Hopefully you can read it. And there's two poems on this page. If you can read the first one, and Sean, you read the second one. And I just want to talk about it for a moment afterward.
2: I am special just like you. I can take the things I do and learn from them the best I can, make a difference with who I am. You might be slow, I might be fast. We don't need to measure who is first or last. You might be smart, and I may not. So who cares about that? We still have a lot. To share and to grow together will be friends to the end, just wait and see.
3: Shut sure, you read the next one. Okay. I keep to myself quiet as a mouse. Quiet is good in this very big house. The noise, the noise that gets too loud. If we're shopping or in a big crowd, it can come from the TV or radio, music, whatever it is, I can easily lose it. It bothers me everywhere and starts to hurt in my ears and my head, and I'm just not sure how to stop it, but wish I could figure it out. What is this terrible noise all about? Does this resonate with you guys? Yeah, so the second one, for sure, because these kids are, imagine things coming at you 10 times faster, 10 times louder, 10 times brighter. Um, that's often what's happening. Um, okay,
2: but I'm going to just stop you because there's a whole spectrum. There's the kids who now are what, ASD1 or the Asperger's. It used to be Asperger's. So they think a lot quicker than we do in numbers and words Mm -hmm. and ideas, but emotions are very difficult for them. They're the unknown that doesn't have a rule and a boundary is difficult. So there's a whole spectrum and there are lots of spaces in our world that are uncomfortable for lots of people. They just react to it way more than we do. They don't have that sensor that says, whoa, take my loud voices outside. If I move away from here, it's over. They just get overwhelmed and stop. One of the things at camp that worked so well and was the most successful is I recognized the triggers and the needs and the wants in our campers so quickly and created incredible spaces for them that they didn't have any of this. We barely had escalations and points of parts of of that that where they were uncomfortable we really created this environment that they right. felt safe so we had this one boy who was 16 say and he was so smart and he would talk to you think he was pretty typical and then he would just so he could go 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 at a high level for probably about 2 hours at the 2 hour map ma- um, Mark. marker <laughs> thank you the 2 hour marker he would just fall but he would fall so hard He would need to go take himself away, and he couldn't come back. Oh. Like, so we recognized the two-hour mark. I watched it one day. I'm like, oh, my God, look how hard he's working to socialize. I stopped him at an hour. said, do me a favor. Go in the lounge. Go chill for 20 minutes and come back. We're going to wait for you before we start the next Mm -hmm. activity. Mm As soon as we figured that out, fine. He needed 20 minutes every hour. That was his. We had another boy that needed something in his hand. So, We ended up, one of the staff was like shaving cream. So we put shaving cream in a pan for him. As Uh long as his hands were in the shaving cream, he was happy. He wanted to just sit at the table with the others. So it was finding things like that. Our world isn't accommodating. Schools are not accommodating. Right, right. Have you heard the announcements? They play music. I'm in an autism class this year. So I have four kids who have hearing loss and autism. There's 10 of them in one class. With three staff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Someone's always somewhere. The noises are loud. It's overwhelming. I And yet, these guys feel safe and secure. This room is working because the teacher's being incredible. But there's lots of rooms like that that don't work.
1: How, how often do parents and or staff or teachers see those mm-hmm. things that are required to make that child or that teen or that adult comfortable? And how often do they miss it? My friend, Rachel Mammon, who was interviewed on HAT Radio. Do you know Rachel? I know
2: Dahlia Mammon. I know Dahlia. She's oh. a friend of mine, yeah. I went to school with her. Okay, yeah. I know Dahlia. See Jewish geography. Yeah, I'd there like you go.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. How about Herb Weinstein? Do you know Herb? I made that up. Okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so she told me in our interview that there was a child. She was teaching children with special needs, and there was a child who would come in, and the child was strapped to his wheelchair. And what she decided to do was unstrap him and lay him down on the floor. And once she did that, to make a long story short, he was much happier and he wasn't flailing about. But the thing that I always think about is how often do parents catch those things that they need to do so that their kids are okay?
2: It's a, it's a whole cluster of issues that come together. So you have two parents. Is one taking care of the child more than the other? Are they both working full time? Who else is helping them out? How many funds do they have?
3: Other siblings. Other siblings. Divide and conquer, right? Right. I remember it was always with Janice. One of us would be on Rachel and one of us would be Italia and one of us would do this. So it was. And I I just want to step back for a second because one of my greatest learnings um, at camp was that there's no two autistic kids the same. Right. The range is insane. We know nothing about it relative to what we think. These kids are a mystery. Um, and yeah, I mean, Shawna was incredible at figuring out quickly and we were lucky enough to have the space. So we'd have our dark uh, yoga mat room where they could just chill or our or our um, Wii room where we had a screen and they could play on the Wii and it was dark. We had our music room, but it's schools unfortunately don't have that. You know, it's it's really a challenge. They don't have the facilities or the conformity. ability. Conformity.
2: It's all about conformity. Arcane. Is
1: it is it a revelation to you and almost a blessing to unlock that mystery? One day you come in and you say to Shana or you think in your mind, if I do this and this for this child, I think that's going to make a difference. And then you try it and it works.
3: Oh, I've seen it with Rachel. The idea are that like I'm doing things with Rachel now that I never would have done before. L- like what? Like what? Well, just taking her out to do things. She went to, We took her to the trampoline place. We'd take her out to malls. We always take her chair with her because she would get tired and want to sit down. I never take her chair now. I force her to walk. We go to the mall. She walks around. She's capable. Right. She's capable. Right. And she should be walking for half an hour, 45 minutes. But it was always easier. We had you know, another child. Or, And the one really interesting learning is how different it is to be a parent and to be, I guess, a camp director. My perspective is so different, and it really has been a great learning. Parents kind of get trapped a little, so you need those professionals or other people to come in and say, have you tried this? You might want to look like this because you don't even realize you've been looking at it in one way. And
1: In your case, you're a little bit of both. Yeah. You're the parent and you're the director, Right, right?
3: Right, and now I'm a better parent to Rachel as an autistic child because I've had this experience, and again, assumptions, I assume, I think, what she knows what, I know what she wants or needs. It's not a good idea because we have to just kind of roll with it and see what she wants and needs and give her the chance, just like our campers. Like, we had a very unstructured structure, right? We didn't have, at this time, you have to go to the next program, as Shauna said. And that was really the the secret sauce.
2: We realized early that everyone wanted to play board games. Because if you think about it, who do you play board games with? Your friends. You play with your family to a mm-hmm. certain age. By twelve, you're not really playing board games with your family. Or if you are, it's like a, a one hour they're giving you on like on a Saturday afternoon because
1: if you're between, lucky.
2: Between chores.
1: Risk. Right? I think people play risk.
2: Right. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> you have risk. Yeah. 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 So we realized so it was really interesting at the beginning. A lot of them had their own ideas, what games they wanted. So I would give them my phone with and they would go on Amazon and they would go shopping. They would pass my phone around to all the campers and all the staff and they would go shopping. And at the end of the week, I would go through and I had a budget and I would order a few of the stuff. So we ended it's up getting... very nice. It was great. Well, that's it. I didn't buy things ahead of time because I didn't know the campers or the program. Right. Sean was very nervous. I'm like, don't worry.
0: I'll just <laughs> run w- it. I would be nervous right. too. He
2: was like, what do you mean you have? And I go, I have an idea. I know what I'm going to do every day. I just need to feel the campers. I need to see them. I need to see who they are before I plan activities for people I don't know.
1: N- nobody bought a vintage Bentley, I imagine.
2: No, 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 <laughs> no. no. I press play. No one could buy it without me. They I just put it in the shopping cart. Okay. I
3: did hire a uh, field sports uh, specialist and a whole bunch of stuff. And they were much happier sitting at the picnic tables, chatting, playing board games, arts bubble, and crafts. Bubble cooking. machine. Right. So, again, that's where I was wrong. <laughs> They weren't so into the sports, but hey, as long as they were happy, we we accommodated.
2: So we ended up buying Monopoly and we had, that Monopoly game was used every single day for two weeks by four kids, five hours. Five hours, they sat there. Together, talking, no staff. They were so nice and there was... Sometimes one kid who got mad because he didn't get enough money. So the other ones would go, okay, we'll all donate money to you. (laughs) Like they were so smart and problem solving. When do they ever get six hours to play a game that they want to with peers, ever?
1: So I guess what's confusing to me, and I think I'm as in the dark as most people are when it comes to autism. You guys are in the dark. Imagine how much more so I am and just the, the average person. Playing Monopoly for five or six hours, I know I play with people who have a different sort of cognitive take on life, and uh, they've been playing for years, and they struggle with it themselves, but here these kids are actually doing it, and they're succeeding at it.
2: They have the most amazing skill at focusing.
1: Is that if what it is? it's something they
2: want. They would be, so one of the things for our job fair that we promote to employers is, here is a person who likes to do the same job every day all day and never complains oh what better employer Mm -hmm. would you want Mm -hmm. he might need 20 minute breaks every hour he might have interesting food issues he probably won't look you in the eye and say hi when you walk down the hall but if you as the employer know that about this person you won't have those expectations you won't get mad at him you'll recognize that he's really good at his job he always shows up. He never gets six. He's never going to ask for a raise. He's going to be grateful for that job.
1: So do they, do they get jobs?
3: So this is a new initiative that just we've just really started launching because I need to keep busy between camp and my social weekend programs. Got to keep you off the streets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I've come up with this idea. We've come up with doing a job fair. And it really got spurred by me attending a job fair last year that was downtown it was only for a few hours it was very crowded it wasn't really sensory friendly but it was packed it was packed with employers bmo cibc rogers um any big software companies microsoft sap OpenText, which kind of blew me away and then 300 candidates waiting in line wow so i said to sean we could do this better there is such a need so we're we're taking a different approach we're doing a two-day work uh conference where one day is come get prep for the interviews, meet an HR person who's going to volunteer hopefully, and get your resume fixed up prepare. Wow, that's cool. Then come back a week later for your pre-organized or pre-arranged interview. You've got OpenText at two and you've got Microsoft at one. You're gonna so and we're spreading it out and we're doing it on the weekend. So there's no traffic. It's in Richmond Hill. Um, yeah, it's actually on March 22nd and 29th at Richmond Hill again. Uh, thank you, Ellie. Um, and we don't know. I, I believe my goal is to have 100 attendees and get 10 jobs. I want 10 candidates to be hired as a, as a minimum, but who knows? That's
1: excellent. Good for you.
2: I, I think you even need to talk further about your bigger idea that goes with right. it. So it's not getting the jobs that are hard. it's keeping them. Mm-hmm. Because, again, quirks and personality and people making assumptions and not understanding. What, so- what
1: can go wrong, Shauna?
2: What can go wrong? Um, well, social inappropriateness
3: in the workforce, right? Saying maybe something, in the bathroom,
2: like staring at somebody in the in the toilet stall, oh, right? Oh, like, I see. Right? Like I see. They yeah. would do social, that. North, they would put their eyes in a place that looks like they're looking at the person next I to them, okay. even though they're not, right? Or you know, you say hi, and they're like, Ugh.
1: Is it appropriate? Is it appropriate for the employer to tell the other staff that we have someone here who's autistic?
2: so so, Go
3: for it. <laughs> so so my background i spent 20 years in corporate ibm sap selling software and i learned a lot about the corporate world and i was a sales manager for many many years i learned a lot about people these corporations are dying for this yeah one they have diversity programs so they're mandated on the other hand there's surveys that show how much happier the employers the employees are when their company hires people with disabilities and differences mm. and because it makes them feel better. It expands their horizons. They get to go home and say, you know, I've got this coworker who's autistic and I knew nothing about autism and they're so fascinating. And man, they could do math well, or they solve this problem in half the time. And And the
1: culture of many corporations is very one-dimensional, right? Well, it it can be. And when you bring in another dimension, I think that probably, like you're saying, enhances their work, people's work life. There is no question.
3: Um,
2: so part of our service, I want you to just get yeah. into that part, mm-hmm. is part of the service is helping the companies understand them. So right. more like in schools, it's called an individual education plan. Every student has an, an, their own plan of accommodations and modifications to help them learn. Mm-hmm. And well, be successful. And be successful. And that's what they're graded and marked on. Well, why don't we have that for the workplace? Why don't employers understand the accommodations and modifications? If you knew that, and they're not hard to do, if you knew that and you felt good doing it and you find one nice person in every company who wants to do it, then we create a whole world of nicer people.
1: And you find that's happening.
2: Well i do (laughs) yeah i
3: believe Uh yeah i do i believe these companies are open to it it's also they're doing it for business reasons these are great employees and it's a big challenge in the workforce you've got a lot of the younger generation don't have loyalty like i did and we did when we joined ibm i was there for 10 years now you know six months you get a better job or someone people move on very quickly people move on very quickly it's a challenge we've got an aging workforce this is a group of individuals that will and should play an active role, and the companies that are smart enough to be flexible to accommodate will will win. Well,
1: right? you you sell this very well, by the way. Well, I'm no, buying, you really do. Like I'm buying it. Well, you you yeah. sell it really well, so, right? It,
2: this well, is one of the things that is great about you're, us. You're great, man. Yeah.
3: Well, I, you know, it's passion, and um, I've never worked so hard to make so little and been more happy. Yeah, you're not making any unbe- cash, yeah, right? It, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. Uh, it's fulfillment. And so this the the last piece on the job fair is I'm going to use my background and stay on as a coach, a uh, career coach for them. So the company has someone to call and the individual has someone to call. It's like a three-way to just make sure, you know, issues are being resolved as best as possible to uh, give
1: them- I love this. I, and
2: if and we have I, a plan that if it goes bigger, then we hire young university students who want in HR programs or business who can coach them. So, Sean would have a whole team of people going into all these businesses. What if we can get the colleges on board, right, right? As their co ops to manage these people? Like, it's huge and it's easy, it's not hard. And it doesn't take, a, it takes no money. There's so, so, no funds involved and, other than Sean does need to make a salary. Yeah, you so. should make some money. Yeah, we were. Yeah, working on You can't well. have pasta every night, oh, you know. Sure. he's living on love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great
1: nutrition. I uh, At the end of the show, we'll give out your, your information. Thanks. But being that this is so exciting at this very moment, if a company would want to be part of this, where would they get in touch with you?
3: So uh, they could send me an email. karmacountrycamp.com has my cell phone. And it has a contact us, which comes right to my email.
2: It will have a button for the job fair. We're working on that this weekend. Yeah. The button. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we have a hyperlink. I
3: have to build another website, of course, for it. Which Just is, say,
1: spell the name of the camp slowly. So yeah, the karma
3: website. is K A R M A country. Like it's spelled and camp.com. Okay. Yeah. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You know, we're out there. We're trying to show the world what we're doing and making it easy to find us. LinkedIn as well. Um, Yes, we need employers, and, uh, and we need volunteers who want to help us with the HR workshop, too. You know, Sean,
1: what what I'm really excited about in this interview is, uh, both of you, your level of passion. Because we so often meet people who, unfortunately, are just not that pumped about their lives, right? Or about what they're doing. The con- concept of thank God it's Friday, to me, is absurd. <laughs> thank God it's Friday. What do you mean? Like, the, all this excitement that I should have had during the week. I didn't have it, and now I'm going to go out and drink beer. It's really unfortunate, right? But I see how excited you guys are and how passionate you are. You know, there was a, a type of therapy um, that existed called Lago therapy. It never really kicked in, but essentially the idea behind Lago therapy was that if you can help a person find their purpose and meaning, then that in itself will be a cure for mental illness, mm-hmm. for their mental challenges, and so on. And I think it's appropriate to say that you guys just have passion written all over you. It's very exciting.
3: Thank
1: you. And and especially in you, Sean, because I know you. (laughs) You know, and I saw when you were doing corporate, and I thought, honestly, and I've told you so many times that that was bullshit. I mean,
2: you were so right.
1: You made some cash, and I'm sure it's great that you learned about people, right? Because you're a learning sort of person, right? So along the way you discovered yourself more so I'm sure but I am personally so happy Aww. that you've moved along and, and doing something now that you're just just so excited about He,
2: he wakes Thank up you, you, you wake <laughs> up in the morning he wakes up in the morning with a smile
1: He must you eh? know, our
2: days are good he calls me with happiness he sends heart emojis and I love you like we, we're still in love two and a half years later yeah. because we decided we don't want to live in those miserable lives that we got stuck in. We just got stuck. It happens. It's so easy. We got so lucky to get this second chance. We're kind of like, we want to spend every day together. We want to have freedom to lie in bed in the morning and not rush out and not be part of that rat race. I don't enjoy teaching. I have this great job that is really at risk now. Mm -hmm. So much bad is happening. So I went down to three days a week. So I'm working Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Mondays and Fridays. I'm building my Karma Cares my psychotherapy and,
1: really? and it makes you happy
2: yes it will when I have more clients and yes. more, more money yes <laughs> I know.
1: how does the money piece of camp work
2: um,
3: so it's interesting actually um, in, in what regards how well, do well let, let's say I'm making 50 grand a year can I send
1: my my kid to your camp uh,
3: so so yes our mandate was to make it affordable okay so basically to break even we needed to charge 600 a week which is still a lot of money for some but for running a camp, it's really not that much. By
1: the way, I sent my son to hockey camp, baseball camp, golf camp, and each one of those for the week was about $600. Right, right. Yeah,
3: yeah we wanted to be sort of on the average. But then, you know, we realized that 600 is tough, especially because we, we really wanted the kids to stay for the whole summer. But 600 a week, so we went out and found money. We found uh, private money. We went to a foundation. We applied. We got a generous um, donation of fifty thousand dollars. Oh, nice! We took one hundred percent of that and gave it to the parents. So what we were able to offer is a three hundred dollar a week. So if you sign up for one week, you get two weeks. Oh. So it was now three hundred a week, which was very affordable and allowed them to uh, to send their kids for longer. Um, and that includes meals. No, we, no, it's so it's day camp. Nine to four, they bring their own lunch. It makes life a lot easier. To at what time do they show up in the morning? Nine, and they finish at four. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, seven days, uh, five days a week for seven weeks, and you know, another great learning was, wow, it's a long day, and wow, you could get a lot done. The progress that we made with these kids when you have them for thirty-five hours a week—that was really well, the amazing thing. Yeah,
2: like, and you can you can set up activities all week that build on each other and you have all this space and time without academics. Mm -hmm. So it was so good to see their growth socially and mentally. And we did a lot of conversations about, so a majority of our staff were 18 going to university in September. They were really nervous and anxious about their transition. So we would sit, we had a big tent in our field with uh, those chairs, you know, those fold up chairs. We'd sit in a group of 10 of us talking about our feelings how do we feel? Why do we feel anxious? What makes us feel lonely? What are our biggest fears? Yeah. It was great for the staff, all the campers, and I got to be a psychotherapist all day. Yeah, right, so right. it was really wonderful.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed those circles too. Yeah,
2: so yeah. it was really such a great, and the staff good were so you. happy to be able to sit there and talk and share things and get good free advice.
1: Let me ask you a question. As I said before, you know, I think that society in general has been pretty lost when it comes to individuals with autism or Asperger's it's it's interesting though because you know who would have known that really some very famous people in history have had autism or Asperger's and I'll give you an example Dan Aykroyd did you know that yes you knew that did you I
3: didn't no yeah.
1: Hans Christian Anderson uh Susan Boyle remember Susan Boyle the singer I think she has uh, did you say she has Asperger's is that correct
2: she well she no. She, well, she has Asperger's. She is. She has. Yeah, she has. Has
1: Asperger's. Emily Dickinson, Albert Einstein. That I knew. Is that incredible? Yeah. You did know that. That
2: I knew, yes.
1: Right. And would you argue that played out in terms of his huge discoveries?
2: Oh, for sure. They have the focus to do things that we don't
0: have. Yeah. They
2: have incredible brains. We have one, we have one camper you can give him a number like seven thousand four hundred and ninety-seven yeah. times nine thousand two hundred and fifty-six really? before you pressed equal on the calculator. He had the answer. Is
1: that called a
3: savant?
2: Yes. Yeah,
3: his brain there. His brain just works fast and is evolved and. You know, I don't think we know. I don't think, you know, science knows yet.
2: But yet he couldn't copy me on the trampoline and follow a pattern of me jumping and sitting. Well,
3: you also couldn't have a proper conversation with him. He's a one word guy. You know, you couldn't sit down and have a conversation. And yet he's 10 times smarter than anyone in this room. Do, do you feel like, you're,
1: do you feel like you're, you're, you're in a different reality to some extent when he does that with his math? And and when I say not in a negative, but very much in a positive, you know, when you see something for the very first time in life and you say to yourself, my God, this world is unbelievable, right? Well,
3: that's, that's like Einstein. How could Einstein back then without the computers figure out the mathematical equations of the galaxy and the universe and and all of that, there's something more at play here, right? This kind of. (laughs) Yeah, we see,
2: we see this kid and we're, we keep thinking, how are we going to find him a job? Like, some company needs his brain. Right. So, if he can go to work for three hours a day, yeah. his mom will drive him and pick him up. His dad's a coder. So, you know that there's something there. His we dad's can, a what? A coder. He like codes. Computer, computer, computer coder. coder. yeah. So, if we can find him a job where he works three hours a day, probably in his own little cubicle, he can probably do more in three hours than most people can do in a week. So give him three hours. Let him work on your code. He feels valuable. Maybe he can do three days. Maybe he can do five. Maybe we can build up. But
1: That's a great challenge.
2: One person has to take the interest in him. Yes, yes. Right? So right now, he's a little young for us. But he comes to our camp. He comes to our social program. And he'll come back to camp next year. And if we have him for the next couple of years, like mom is eager for new information and helping. These
1: parents must adore you, don't they?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Like there's probably
1: nothing they won't do for you. I mean, they must adore you. Sean, you know what it's like, like you said before, when you said before, and we had a weekend off a month, you know what I was sitting here thinking, holy crap, man. I mean, I'm raising a son, but I'm not with his mother. So for all intents and purposes, I have two weekends off. And I have those days during the week when I'm not with my son. And I think a very big secret of people who are separated is that you have your time to yourself absolutely but when you're raising a child like rachel yeah. you had one weekend off a month
3: yeah if we were lucky we got two but yeah there was a long waiting list uh for that home uh, and yeah you know it, it's
1: you must have been bagged
3: you know what it is you're you're in the moment and you're just dealing you're just dealing right Treading. It's, it's it's You must it's, be yeah right? it's Treading. only later 20 years later you look back and reflect but you just you survive you manage you just Go and do. Did you know Seinfeld is on the uh, autistic spectrum?
2: No. Wolf Ga- I, it totally makes sense. I think it does, right. too.
1: I think it does, too.
2: Yeah. Well, okay.
3: yeah, because his show is based on sort of social oddities <laughs> and, and being sort yeah. of awkward yeah. and all That's those things, and, and he uh, turned it into humor.
2: Right, and Kramer, too. Like, Kramer's character. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Even 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 what's the other guy's name? The short guy. George. 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 Like, think about George, too. Yeah. They were all so socially awkward. But here you put them together, and it's acceptable and funny. Our guys don't have enough communication to be that funny, but they really are. Oh, they made us laugh right?
3: all the time. Did they? They oh, oh. They were. Hilarious. Can you can you
1: think yeah. of an instance?
3: Oh, oh. just just re, well, this one individual. He would run in the room and like shout out a word, you know, like <laughs> scotch, you know. And, no and,
2: alcohol for you. And I just, was like drugs. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, the, how about how about uh, we had we had a little girl who loved things on her hands so she'd put her hands in the shaving cream and every time she'd go like this oh up to her face every time every time shaving cream on her face she goes "Uh uh-oh like every time and you're watching her and she looks at you and she knows she's gonna do it yeah and she does it for the laugh she doesn't have the words that's her comical we had um coach steve in part of um the school we rented there was a gym and there was this incredible man there who runs a um, a sports program coach Steve and a magician so he would come in often and do magic for us and our campers would just sit there with their eyes popping open and their expression like yeah. and
3: trying was, to figure out the trick oh yeah like really trying
1: yeah to, like, they were
2: like looking at his fingers like, and <laughs> they we watching they really didn't care about the trick how to do it it was wild yeah that's wonderful so it really we laughed we um, all our staff had their phones with them all day and they were encouraged
3: which, which is counterintuitive to you know we debated no phone policy, but you know you could talk about that. Our kids needed their technology, but we had times where there was no technology. But it was really quite interesting. You could tell a story. About well,
2: you that.
1: ultimately you kind of archive the summer.
2: We did the Well, whole, so we, that's the answer. Yeah, we right? have. But, so we told our ca- our counselors just document everything. Have fun with it. Yeah, Take pictures. And we had a face. We had a WhatsApp group with all the staff, and they would load all the pictures all day. Look what he did. Look what she did. Celebrating. And they were all trying to help each other do more stuff to celebrate. And mm-hmm. like dancing and taking like videos. And Sean would take all the pictures at the end of the night and upload them to our Google Drive, which all the parents could see. And the campers. So they got to see their whole day. And we look back.
3: Well then we did a Friday slideshow, right? And right, we would look yeah. and look at the week we just had and yeah, it was We it have was, like
2: a thousand and, pictures. And that costs
3: us nothing. Zero. WhatsApp is free. Google Drive is free. Like, it's amazing what you could figure out. Were you guys amazed at yourselves?
2: Oh, God, yeah. All the, Every day I was like, oh, my God, we had another good day. How did that happen? Now? Yeah, right, like, right. Every, When we look through the Google Drive at all the pictures, yeah. it's like, oh, my God, do you remember that? Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Oh, my God, we did that? It's amazing. So, so
1: listen to this. You talked about the parents before. You have some testimonials on your website, one of which I copied, and it reads as follows. And this is from one of the moms. Thank you. Can
3: I just make one comment? Mm. If you could just use initials instead. Yeah, the initials are here. Thank
1: you for running an amazing camp program. LJ (laughs) had a great time attending and enjoyed every minute of it. I am grateful that he had something to do during the day while I was at work. Right. There's something in that. I felt comfortable sending him to a safe place with people who I trusted To take care of him with kindness, patience, and understanding of who he is. Not just to take care of him, but understand who he is. I'm sure many other participants and their families felt the same. Thank you for working with me to accommodate my concerns with his behaviors and needs. That meant a lot to me. LJ is already talking about attending next year. Definitely keep us on the mailing list. Again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for this wonderful and exciting camp experience for LJ. I appreciate it very much lj's mom just a question and i could be reading this incorrectly do parents of autistic children stay together generally because uh, i get the sense that no
2: half and half <laughs> yeah
3: I, again because the stress is nuts right yeah yeah well yeah.
2: and you and you parent differently and you have different expectations yeah. and yeah you're way more resentful and angry at each other well and i think right? a lot
3: of men struggle with the ego of it i know they i mu- did They must. oh yeah that was a big thing for me is losing my ego um why me? Why does this happen to me? You know, yeah. and 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 also just, yeah, being helpless, yeah. recognizing that you're helpless and you can't control. It, is that
1: it. how you felt, John? A yeah. lot of the time.
3: Oh yeah, frustrated, which causes frustration. Like I can't do anything, and you know, again, a lot of men control, like seek security through controlling things yes. and doing and, and yes. you're helpless and yeah that's true we look for you know, solutions and don't really? just angry right. right
2: because you can't well think about even remember the anxiety and how you would snap at me just before you were going to see rachel just not even knowing her mood and how she was going to feel and what you were going to do with her he yeah. was already anxious like yeah. you saw the whole body language change before I hear he you. would leave so i'd say to him okay like what's making you so anxious I'm like, okay, you know she's going to be upset when she gets in the car. Give her a few minutes. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. The music, we drive. And you plan it out and you know what she's going to feel. So you kind of get ready for it. Good advice. And opening up to try different things. Go to the park with her. If it doesn't work, leave. Don't fight with her. She doesn't want to be there. She's 21. Good advice. She gets to pick where she wants to go. So, can, do you want to say something?
3: Well, I oh. just wanted to add that I used to care about other people. We'd go on the mall and she'd make really loud noises and it bothered me. I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. And that was also something like, who cares? Does anybody ever come up to you? Well, they stare. People stare like crazy. What do you do when they stare? Well, I generally ignore it. Cause I'm Did- not one of those people who goes up to them, but I, am getting close. I'm getting close. <laughs> Shoshana is. I'm, getting close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, do
2: you want to say hi to Rachel? Did right. you need to get any closer to see right. her?
3: As I figured.
1: So, yeah. You
2: know, so my daughter works at Mountain Equipment Co-op and she has her cochlear implant and she has a button that says, I'm deaf, be patient. Because she, in this world, she talks, she hears, she's typical. People say to her, you shouldn't be working because you're deaf.
1: Oh, people say that to her?
2: Often. Like at least 10 times in the two years she's worked
3: What did she say to them?
2: I can work anywhere I want. I'm just like you. She has my words. Well, they get impatient
3: because they'd have to repeat themselves at the cash. Well, guess what?
2: (laughs) You know. You're spending (laughs) hundreds of dollars at a store. You can't be nice to the employee. Shouldn't you be nice anyways?
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm always amazed at people who say such things. I really, I don't get that at all. It's not as though I wouldn't get frustrated or impatient. Maybe I would as well. But to say that is so hurtful.
2: Why not ask the person, is there anything I can do to make it easier yeah. for you? Yeah. I taught Sean, it's very hard for somebody, anybody, including my friends and my family to know what to do for me. Because mm-hmm. I'm fast and I'm quick and I self-do, I, I, my self-awareness is pretty good. So... But I need him to want to do things for me. It's important for me to feel loved that way. So we came up with, what do you need from me? That's it. Because then as soon as he asks it, I know I can ask him to do anything I want. Yeah, she just
3: gave me the words. Just when you're not sure, just use those words. And it's like, it's amazing. She And it's lucky
1: because it really works for you well. It does. Like I could see you being with a lot of guys that wouldn't work with.
2: Oh, many. Yeah. 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 Well, most men were just intimidated by me.
1: Intimidated or just don't have the patience for it. yeah. And not want to go through change.
2: No, definitely not. No, my boyfriend before him was definitely changed because he's in an amazing relationship now, and there's no way he would have been able to do that with what, if he didn't learn the stuff from, from our relationship. But, yeah, no, it's incredible. He holds so much space for me. So
1: I want to take a moment, especially because... It's before Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish High Holidays, the Jewish New Year. And I want to talk about Judaism for a moment. So we're going to veer off for a second. You guys did a beautiful job, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. You Thanks. make it easy. Yeah, Thank you. But it was just a pleasure. Pleasure to listen to you guys and kind of taking your energy.
3: Thank you. Just
1: beautiful. I'm so happy for you guys. And I'm happy <laughs> you. for your your campers
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and their moms
1: you. and dads. Thank you. I'm just happy. Well, well, just on that,
3: you know what? If we help them. It helps the whole family. Yeah, no, no. I, I saw it with my the siblings, right? Like, Taya was impacted by Rachel, and and if you could settle things for Rachel, you're settling things for her mom, her dad, her sister. So
1: I was going to ask that question, but let's veer off for a second. I think one of the challenges that we have in our day and age, uh, really, which is age old, is anti-Semitism, uh, is not trusting the other, the stranger, and while not everybody uh, reacts to the stranger in a negative way there seems to be a proliferation of it so what i like to do from time to time is point out to our listeners something about judaism or something about the jewish people that they hadn't known because when you start to understand people as you are doing for these young people who have autism you break down stereotypes right you discover who somebody else is all of a sudden, boom, there's a unity that didn't exist before. So I just want to read this beautiful piece on Judaism and, and love. And I, what I'm hoping is that anybody who's listening to this show, if they don't have an understanding of the Jewish people or if they have certain stereotypes about the Jewish people or who are even anti-Semitic, you know, I can roll with that that this might make a little bit of a difference in terms of them recognizing that we truly are a beautiful people and so much of what we do is predicated on positivity and love. So,
2: Agreed.
1: Agreed, right? Yeah.
2: Absolutely.
1: One of the core commandments of Judaism is love your neighbor as yourself. In Hebrew, by the way, that's via hafta ah. and that's the name of the organization. I found it sometimes called the great commandment. Isn't that interesting? The great Great commandment. Commandment. Yeah. This commandment stands at the center of the central book in the Torah. The Talmudic sages Hillel and Rabbi Akiva indicated that this is the central commandment of the Torah. The commandment emboldens individuals to treat each other as equals, which requires first valuing oneself in order to be able to mirror that love unto others. So, and I, I think you live and breathe this, Shana, how can you love somebody else without loving yourself first? Right?
2: Yes. Self-love is one of those key tag words now. I'm not sure I would even, I I had this discussion with someone the other day about self-love. It's really hard to love yourself. It's hard to look in the mirror and accept all that you are and look at your negative stuff and say, like, why do I have that? Yeah, right. So it's more of accepting who you are and understanding how you move in the world. That is what Judaism is, is we understand ourselves as a people. We are always going to stay positive and look for growth. That's what Israel is. It's always growing and looking and loving. Dramatically. And our how we rose and and became another community after the Holocaust again is growth. You know, there are a lot of people that were traumatized and yet they still stayed in marriages, had kids, built businesses. They built community. Right. It's our job to keep that community and love going. That's that, And that's life.
1: Nicely said. Similarly, another significant commandment is not to stand idly by by the blood of your neighbor, which can be exhibited in many forms. Some Jewish sources have emphasized the importance of self-sacrifice in regards to putting our needs second to another's. But Rabbi Akiva's teaching of your own life takes precedence to that of another contradicts his own principle of loving thy neighbor as thyself. So this is a complex piece. The question being is do i put somebody else before me especially when we're talking about saving a life or now is my is my blood redder than somebody else's and this actually played out when i was in mexico i saved a man's life and i wa- walked around asking people have you ever saved somebody's life right and they would run away from me eventually these guys <laughs> on the beach who were drinking cerveza said to me go buy me six beers and i'll tell you what my answer is so he said every day He said, these Americans come and they run into the ocean and they don't understand the waves and they don't respect the water and we have to go and pull them out. So we're saving lives every day. And our take on this is for every life that we save, we get an extra one.
2: Oh, I like that.
1: Now, I've had two heart attacks in my life. Wow. So I'm thinking maybe because I saved this guy's life, I got an extra life. Long and short of it, I called my father because I was really nervous. And uh, it's weird saving somebody's life. Have you ever saved someone's life?
2: Um, I've saved a choking person.
3: Well, we had that experience last year in Florida oh, yeah, right, where we were walking attack. off the beach and there was a man who was killed over having a heart attack who had already passed out. So we ran in different directions. I got the lifeguard. She got someone else. So we were part of the solution. Okay, good, but good. it was crazy. Yeah. It, it, it's nuts. Well, it
1: like, is. It's to see him... And it
2: was that moment also like... Do we just stand there or do we move? Yeah, we right? just like, we, you So that, that that's a really second. great point
1: cuz when, when when I had to save this guy's life he went for you know he swam out into the ocean and he dropped there was a drop in the ocean. Um I often ask people, do you think I just responded? In other words, did I just, you know, drop my my backpack and just go flying into the ocean? They go, "Yeah, for sure." I go, mm, "No." No. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I no. thought for a second. Yeah. Should I do this? Anyways, yeah. I called my dad. And I said, Dad, I saved this guy's life. And his response as a father, which I resented at the time, being a father though now, I understand this, he said to me, you know what? Why is that man's blood redder than yours? What happens if I would have gotten a phone call that said your son saved this man's life, but unfortunately he didn't make it?
2: That's a really it, It's a really good question for him to ask.
1: Yeah, yeah it's significant.
2: It, I, I think it comes down to that moment where you think, who am I as a person? Can I eat? I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't really look at it as the blood is red or it's, can I stand here and not do anything? That's how, like, I don't measure the worth of the person in trouble. I measure the worth of me and my reaction. If I would put myself in danger in that moment, I probably would have gotten help. But if I knew I could swim and save, you know, I, I think I would go through the process of, can I do it without risking Right, but there are,
1: there are environments where we all know, you run into that house, you're toast.
2: Right, like, so, and your
1: kids are going to grow up without a mom. Like, we know right, that.
2: So I would I would make that conscious decision that my kids need me more. Whoever's in that house... So, so you wouldn't run in? I wouldn't. Yeah. No. What about you? Well, you're
3: using extreme examples. Yeah, yeah, to make the point. Right. But I think on a less extreme example... Yeah, I, I mean, in this case, we just react. And I think I generally react. But I think in less extreme examples where we're doing for others is kind of what the passage is talking about, isn't it? So that, it is. So And is, that yeah. to me... Is kind of the secret to happiness because people are getting so much if you do for others you're waking up happy you're a happier person I've experienced it so I think that's really the secret for people to be happy is to go and do and and I was talking to a friend of mine Richard this week and he was saying that the three secrets in in life set goals be a giver and read books and the and the giving is it it is that pillar of success because Success comes from happiness. If you're confident, you're happy, then you'll be successful. You're only going to be happy if you're doing good things. I believe that.
1: Are you reading something now?
3: Um,
2: Well, we read, read, we've been listening to so many podcasts. And we've been reading just things on the internet about things that we're looking, like the job fair. So we do so much research. We really don't. And we talk way more than we read.
3: I do need to read more. I read
2: you stuff. I like to read. He doesn't really like to read and i like to read and talk
1: are you reading something i
2: read out loud to him i read all the time you read out
1: loud to him i love that Yeah, i do what are you reading
2: now
0: sean you're reading
3: like three books at once like
2: yeah because it depends on my mood um the spiritual divorce i don't remember the titles of things because i take in so much information I, I i i have a notebook that i put little pieces i have the notes in my phone like i just have pieces everywhere um, so really I'm, I'm addicted to podcasts right now and you I, listen
1: I, you listen to my podcast yours
2: I listen to all of yours and I've listened there's 12 more I subscribe to than I'm how how we built this yeah it's I've seen that Yeah. oh my god and now I'm just listening to some TED talk ones good for you small ones 15 minutes yeah so I'm really into that because I put my earbud in and I can move around you
1: should nominate days. yourself for a TED talk you can nominate yourself so mm. that's
2: my dream that is my dream so nominate I'm starting yourself. with workshops through my psychotherapy I really want to have these conversations with people so I'm starting to work on that
1: great great and
2: I'm hoping because yeah I want to stand up there and spread this thought and you could yeah and I mean like you'll meet my kids one day and they are phenomenal like they have come from a place where my son found my brother and at at 18 traumatizes you but he is healing and doing he's gone for therapy we went to see a shaman and he is moving his energy and really trying to build a life he's doing phenomenal
3: yeah yeah and you know interestingly enough on the same along the same lines my nephew darren just um got uh oh, he's
2: doing a ted talk at london yeah
3: so Is he's really? at western October and he had to go through a rigorous process he got selected and it's all about his adversity and how he's used adversity for strength and um i think that's what these ted talks have done they, they're putting people on a stage to really be vulnerable they are and it's powerful they are. stuff. They are. And it's accessible now. You can log on and watch five TED Talks from home. Yeah. And, and you, you,
1: you take something salient out of each one. I'll give you an example. We all know about Columbine, the mother of the, of the of the the young fellow who killed all these people and ultimately killed himself. She did a TED Talk. By the way, I nominated uh, Ellie Rubenstein, my friend Ellie, nominated me, who I interviewed on hot radio. Well,
3: oh, I have to listen to that one.
1: Anyways, yeah, it's a good one. Um, but I haven't heard from the yet, so I'm not going through it anything rigorous right now not yet you'll <laughs> get pissed off we can help we can help you so with the that. mother of this Columbine thank you the mother of this Columbine murderer she gets up there and she makes a speech and you're always thinking like this crowd is going to absolutely hate her she was so passionate and she was so gentle and honest and essentially the thing I took out of it was as follows because I think there's always that one piece she said, if love was enough, Shauna, you're going to like this, if love was enough to help our kids, there would be far less of these murders going, um, uh, happening. I loved my kid with all my heart, but it wasn't enough. We have to get inside of their heads. We have to understand where they're at, right?
2: I've had to change my parenting in the last six months. I went to therapy to change my own parenting because my son was spinning in the same circle, yeah. losing shit getting in trouble, not following through, leaving a mess. He wasn't being successful and he's a talented young man. So we went, I went to therapy and I learned how to say no. So when he asked me for a favor, I had to say no. It was awful. It was hard. It hurt my heart. I would cry. I'm like, can I just say yes in this way? (laughs) Yeah, I know how it is. I really had to learn. And I have to say, in six months that I've been saying no, this kid has flourished. Like he has made it to Vermont. Uh, Where else has he gone? Um, Halifax, Montreal, to do like these laser DJ shows he does on his own without getting in trouble or losing anything. So I had to step back and and realize that even though I loved him too much, it was too much. I wasn't giving him the chance to stand up for himself. Mm -hmm. He needs that. We need to do that as parents. It so,
1: sounds to me, with all the challenges, and inevitably we're going to have that as parents, it sounds to me like you've done a pretty amazing job with your kids. I mean, the fact that he's a DJ and he doesn't hear, yeah, you know, that, yeah. that's something, you know, so. Uh, well, Kola like Kavo to yourself, all the power to you.
2: Thank you. They, I had a
3: community. And they're, they're young, I'm sure. young yeah. adults who live on their own oh, and yeah. are, are completely yeah. financially independent. It's incredible with all yeah. their challenges.
1: I'm going to wrap up the show. Uh, how long do you think we've been doing this for?
2: Um, an hour and. Thirty-eight minutes. Yeah, that's pretty
1: close, actually. An hour and thirty-two. <laughs> Very good. But uh, talent. I, I, and that was good. I like to, at the end of it, sort of draw a synopsis and as to what we accomplished here, and just jump in at any time. What do you think we accomplished here?
2: Um, I think we went all over the map mm. of our relationship and what made us who we are sitting here today. All the challenges that came with it, that brought us to an amazing place where we could share our passion for our camp, our job fair, my psychotherapy, advocacy, and who we are. I think we really, people listening, I hope, will start to see things from a different perspective and just maybe take one second longer to look at a parent whose child has any type of atypical and just say, I understand. I love you. Like, just a hug or something even a nice word changes the world for a lot of people. Good,
1: good for you, Sean.
3: Yeah, no, I thought it was great. You're really easy to talk to, Thanks. and um, it was wonderful just talking about our passion and and.
2: And us. Well, And
3: I was gonna say <laughs> you're such a that, girl, Sean. That, that, that really the foundation to change was our relationship and my openness and her great therapy and. Um, and just, it's, it's been a great journey, but it's just starting. Like we're just, it's really, when we first came up with the idea and we first rented the school, we had this whole notion of if you build it, it will come. And that has been, everything has fallen into place. The grant, if we wouldn't have got that, um, the great staff we had, everything just fell into place. It seems easy, <laughs> but it's, We worked uh,
2: hard, but yeah, when you look easy. back on it, it's like, Wow. Yeah. How did a whole year go by and we did that? Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, so,
1: that's
3: exactly right. So about. yeah, you know, I, and I want to use this platform to promote our job fair and the other things we're doing. It's all under our charity and non-for-profit. So anyone wants to donate, they will get a receipt. Anyone wants to volunteer, anyone wants to help, employers. Give us so
1: a- what I take out of the show, uh, I agree with you guys, what you both said is salient. But what I take out of it even more so is find your passion in life. Mm, yeah hit your stride and look for it and if you need help then get help if you need assistance get assistance because when you kind of figure out why you are on this earth or at least close to it things will open up for you in a way that you couldn't possibly imagine And I know that in my own life, and I see that written all over you guys. It's like a beam of light came into my home when you guys began speaking and talking about your experiences and what you're doing. Thank you. Oh, I I couldn't have asked for more in this interview, and I'm just so deeply proud of what... You've accomplished.
2: Kendall. <laughs> both of you.
1: No, both of you. Yeah. Both of you. Yeah. No, we couldn't. Have you're bringing. Done you're bringing changes to this world, yeah. and you should live to 120. Even us. Yeah. No but when you leave for, this world, you can say, Hey, you know what? I've accomplished something. Yeah. For others, for myself. Yeah. And you can't ask for more than that. Yeah. No.
3: Yeah. It's. It's.
2: We're not wasting the second chance. You're We're not wasting
1: so your lucky. time.
3: Right. We're not. And. Uh, the impact's huge. Like you said, it really is huge. Start doing good and things will start happening. Anybody
2: who wants to support us, who wants mm-hmm. to be part of it or help, definitely. Where be- can they be in touch? Go for it.
3: Yeah. So, karmacountrycamp.com. so karma country camp.com. So K A R M A country camp.com. So my phone number's there. We have an email, uh, contact us. We will have the karma job fair ups, uh, website up in, in about a month, but just come through our main website right. and, uh, find us anywhere yeah we're both on social media
2: our names our businesses whatever you need we're here
1: (laughs) okay i want to thank my listeners for listening i hope you enjoyed the show i'm sure you did and we will be back in the coming weeks with some uh some further uh i guess wisdom from my guests and I wish you a Happy New Year if you're We're celebrating we always
2: happy to come back this was so much fun we'll do like so a part e- two I was so excited yeah oh it was great to have yeah. you great to have it was you It's really fun thank you happy Shana Tava Happy New Year to you and let everything tana. be happy and healthy
1: Amen thank you for listening you have been listening to Hat Radio it's the show that schmoozes you like that? <laughs> schmoozes I do I like that thank you and God bless God
2: bless
0: you've been listening to Hat Radio with Avram Rosenzweig sponsored by goodness and positivity Cat Radio, the show that chooses. Step inside my living room, share a little talk. By roads walked and lessons learned, keeping the flame of faith burning. I want to know where you've been, what you found out. Spread some light in the darkness, spread it all about in the height. In the hat, put it all in the hat.